Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about narrowing the gap between strategy and execution and how leaders can be more successful in measuring and improving their team's results. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Alex Castro, best-selling author, creator and founder of RemScore and CEO of MCorp. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's really a great opportunity to, to share this moment with you. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Uh, definitely uh, top of mind for me and, and, and my work as well. Um, so why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing? Yeah, you know, most of my career has been spent in the startup, small business world, growth of zero to, you know, $50, 100000000 million kind of space. And one of the things that's evolved over the last few years is, you know, really recognizing that the innovation engine, the idea engine, the strategy engine is working really well. And what's happening is that a lot of those opportunities and a lot of that potential within people and companies is really falling off when it has to come to the doing of the idea and getting yeah. it to market, right? A lot of a lot of marketers and a lot of product developers and and uh, businesses in general never get to get the customer or the market to test out the idea because they can't execute it, and that's the thing that we're trying to resolve uh, yeah. for the market. Great, great. So let's let's dive right in then. So yeah. And that's that's really our, our main topic is this idea of narrowing the gap between strategy and execution or, you know, execution or the doing part of the strategy so companies can achieve greater success. And you talked about this a little bit already, but I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about, you know, what does this gap between, you know, there's a lot of great, really smart leaders out there with great strategic direction, but to what you were saying earlier, there's there's a gap between that and, and actually getting the work done. And, and it's not even for lack of having great teams to support it. But you know, what what exactly does this gap look like? Well, really what what I see happening in the marketplace is that 
there is such attention to detail in the validation of an idea or a strategy. And so, you know, a leadership team may say, hey, look, we need to go into this direction. We need to grow this much. We need to move into these markets or, or whatever that that fundamental is. And then the the next tier down within the organization or even that group, depending on the scale of the business, is then putting that vision into action, into motion. And and so ideas start to pop up. You know, how are we going to get there? How are we going to expand, you know, sales, grow revenue, grow customer base, so on and so forth. And where there is a lot of very mature thinking and and really mature approaches is in that analysis of the validity. Like, do we really want to invest in this direction? Do we, is that where we're going to put our dollars? And there is so much attention to that. Then what happens is that the consumption of time in doing that, then it gets fundamentally tossed over the wall to an execution team and leaders or the sponsors of that idea sit back and say, okay, well, let's get going, get moving. We've, we've already analyzed. We spent a lot of time analyzing this. Now we got to get it done. We got to get it done. We got to get it done. And more often than not, you know, 70 to 80% of strategic initiatives, this is where they fall to the wayside. This is where, the market never gets to validate whether or not the strategy was actually fundamentally sound. And this is where I see that companies in general and professionals as well, this is where potential goes to die, right? Is that at, at that 70 to 80% watershed of those things, there isn't a lot of you know, follow through or carry through because the doing part of the idea is suddenly epically, you know, harder than anticipated or, you know, really what we see, you know, fundamentally at the root cause is that there isn't good alignment within the business to actually execute the idea. And the alignment is not hard to reach. It's not hard to get there. And you have to pay attention to it and measure it in a way that removes all of that cognitive bias that we all have that says, no, 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 we'll just, well, it's not a big deal. We'll take care of it during during the process. And that's just not, not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you say it like that, and I've certainly experienced this as well, it's, it's, it seems pretty straightforward uh, to your point Mm. of, you know, there's, there should be some, some relatively straightforward steps to take. And yet, you know, what you're talking about with the, the gaps here, I've seen, you know, there's stats on, for instance, like digital transformation projects have a, you know, 70% failure rate or something like that, or at least 70% Mm -hmm. fail to achieve their, their primary goals. And, you know, why, why is this, if it's, if everybody knows about it, and everybody's, you know, talking about it, and you know, everything from Harvard Business Review to us here on this podcast, you know, everybody's talking about why is it so pervasive? And, you know, what, what are leaders and, and teams doing that that is making it worse? Well, I, it's a great question. And it, it's probably the, <laughs> the, the single point of greatest frustration for right. myself in the in the whole process in communicating this is that, you know, as I shared, we go through this very elaborate and very well thought through analysis process to determine whether that's the direction we want to invest in. Yeah. Yeah. And 
because it's time consuming, there's there's a couple of different things, right? So number one, that process is time consuming. Yeah. Number two, the market has compressed. So, you know, I've talked to S&P 100 leaders who are saying before I had 18 months to roll out a new product or a new iteration of a product. And now I've got, you know, five or six, if I'm lucky. Yeah. And that time compression, suddenly you're spending a lot of time in that initial analysis and saying and validating, is this the right place to spend the money? And then when it gets to the next stage, people are like, look, you just got to go because we, we, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. And so there's two things that happen. One, from a leadership st- uh, you know, side, largely they're saying, okay, great. Now, you know, we've gone through this whole process and in their heads, they've done a lot of work. And so now they hand it over to the team and they're like, okay, well, where are we on the progress on this? Where are we on the progress? And the team is in this initiative to the team is now brand new, relatively speaking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, look, we're trying to get our bearings here. We're trying to figure out where we're going. And from the team side, from somebody who gets handed this opportunity, what it represents for them is a career opportunity. It is, it's, uh, it's something that's going to potentially benefit their, you know, their, you know, how they, how they see their career moving forward. And so there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear and say, look, we cannot slow down. You know, we don't have time to do this. We don't have time to do this analysis or understand, you know, we, we're just going to have to deal with it as we go. And that is really the pivotal moment where you are relying on a execution path of hope yeah. <laughs> because you're leaving it up to chance. And fundamentally, no business is perfectly aligned to execute the new strategic initiative 80, 90% of the time. There, it's just, there's too much swirl. And what's worse is that there is no recovery time. If you are off track, it's like uh, running a cross country race, right? If yeah. you go off and, and you take the wrong path on a cross country race, there is no time to recover. You're yeah. done. That's it. Your race is over. And that is what's holding uh, that progress back. That is what's limiting the potential of ideas today. It's not the fact that the ideas aren't good enough. It's that the execution team does not have enough information to make good data-driven decisions on what they have to do or correct in alignment in that execution process. And that is where the potential is just washing away. So let's let's talk about the that the measurement and, and the role of, of data in, in all of this. So mm. how do we so you know let's the scenario the the leader knows things aren't working, the team knows things aren't working. Mm-hmm. How are these kinds of things measured? I mean, you know, if if the if the initiative were launched, we could see if it was successful or not. But I guess what we're talking about here is we can't even get it to launch because we we kind of can't get out of our own way to to get it launched. So how, how do you think about measurement and, and data in this, you know, in, in these early stages of, of, you know, trying to move something forward? Yeah. Well, there's this old adage, right? It's just sometimes you've got to go slow to go fast. Yeah. Right. And what really needs to be understood is that fundamentally, you know, at a leadership level or as an execution letter, uh, leader level, you know, you may be a product manager or marketing product uh, manager. Yeah. And your business is not in alignment to execute the idea that's in front of you right now. It's not there. 
right? And this is where then ego, the the sort of the the cognitive bias of ego kicks right. in right? and says, no, we're perfect, right? No, we can do this, you know? And I hate to tell you that SEAL, you know, SEAL Team 6 isn't going to drop <laughs> out of a helicopter and remove all the obstacles for you. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And where I think that time can be invested is really understanding is where is the, you know, where is the alignment problem? You know, for us, you know, I developed them initially a method about 10 years ago. This, you know, what, what I focus on right now started about 10 years ago. Yeah. And the company is about 20 years old, but we were doing a lot of, you know, digital transformation work. And more and more, we saw clients bringing us in who were just not positioned to be successful at all. Like they, they basically say, okay, well, you know, we need to transform this part of the business. Let's bring in some consultants. Let's bring in some people to, to help us out on this. All right, we're here. We're, we're going to do this transformation work. And you really start to look around and it's like, yeah, like there is no alignment here. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I'll give you an example that, you know, we had a customer that, that we went, you know, kind of ran our, our initial assessment on. And they have two primary areas, right, that, that they were struggling on. One was the fact that there wasn't cultural alignment to the strategy, right? So as an example, we measure 14 different areas of impact. Only two of them are technological, right? Yeah. Technology is not the root cause reason why things don't work. That yeah. maybe have been true 25 years ago, but it is not true. Agreed, yeah. At all. And so IT has nothing to do with it. Your technologists have nothing to do with it. You know, it, that, that thinking has to get let go. It, yeah. it, that's, yeah. that's a fundamental bias that just doesn't work. That's just a misunderstanding. And so what we were looking at is saying, look, you know, what's, you know, where are you positionally? And if you look at alignment, like in the sense of alignment to, you know, market demand, the alignment to strategy of this idea, this initiative, or, you know, alignment to the culture, one of the things that came out is that the alignment to culture was off, right? So what was being fundamentally told is that the, the participants in this initiative were feeling like at the end of this initiative, we're going to, in essence, violate our operating culture in this transformation project. We're, we're not going to be the same as we were. And, and what that then cascaded into is that you have business units that are 100% of capacity in terms of their uh, utilization of their staff. And that meant that they were going to have to let go of staff to work on this initiative for, let's say, 18 months, right? Yeah, you know, even yeah. you know, let's say best case a year, and there was going to be resi fundamental resistance in that because they didn't want the culture to change, they didn't want the, the 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 work environment to change, and where that also stemmed off, you know, into was the fact that you know decision making wasn't you know wasn't in the best position. You know, it was a very slow decision model where in a transformation project you need very rapid decision making to happen. They didn't understand their work process as well. And as well as that, you know, they were making decisions based on the fact of what was the existing skill set within yeah. the business technically, they, yeah. you know, and so when they were looking at alternatives and options, they were looking at it and saying, okay, well, we have this skill set within the business that knows these types of tech and, the, and this kind of deployment approach. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but you're passing over actually the right answer, right? Because your bias is telling you, it's like, well, I know this tech. And so we're going to, we're just going to do that because I know that. And that's the easiest thing to acquire is skill in association to some fundamental yeah. technology. Right? And so when you start to really dig at it, there are these, there are these fundamental root causes that happen 
and they're embedded in your business. And the thing that that I've stressed, you know, the, you know, just kind of a tangential a little bit. Okay. I have two daughters, and they're in their twenties now. And when they were little, when they were four, five, six years old, what I would share with them over and over and over again is that every answer you need is around you. You just have mm-hmm. to you have to just look for it. It's all right there. It's not some big magical moment. Right. It's like when you lose your keys in your house and you're frantically looking to try to get out the door. It's like, where are my keys? Where are my keys? Where are my keys? Right. And you spend 10 minutes and you turn the corner and and you see them on the corner of this tabletop. And you've looked at that table 10 times (laughs) rushing through the house. And you're like, how did they get there? Right. And people say, well, you know, some elf, you know, took them and then put them back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the reality is it was always there. And the answers that most companies need to make the best decisions is in the company right now. Yeah. You right. have to just harvest the information and connect the dots. And that's the thing that that I focus on. It's like it's all right there. Like you don't need some magical analysis from, you know, some big, you know, analysis shop to look at the market. I mean, maybe you'll find out some additional information and in you know, but the reality is you have the data you need. Now, how do you just how do you how do you align it? To, cre- to create insight, to understand what your capacity is. So yeah. um, that's, that's the thing that I tend to, you know, really advocate for is that take the moment to understand what is your data telling you? And then yeah. don't dismiss it because you have this bias that you just want to go. It's like, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts. We've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. Speaking of the the bias, you know, is that that definitely exists on the the tactical level? You know, you mentioned okay, oh, yeah. we know this platform or this technology or, or stuff like that. But what what about even at the strategic level? I mean, I, you know, I think there's bias. Obviously, I mm-hmm. you know, there's like a hundred some cognitive biases, so that you know, there, oh, it's yeah. got to be one of them. So it's the you know, I thought of this idea and I think I'm pretty smart, and so it must be. In other words. What happens when the premise is wrong? You know, it's like it's it's I think it's bad enough when your interpretation of a strategy may be off. Right. But what about mm-hmm. the, the entire premise? Like, what do you do as, as a as a leader when to, to really determine like are are we even in the facing the right direction at this point? You know, again, I go back to, you know, my my previous statement just a few moments ago is that data is inside your company yeah, yeah, and you just, you really just have to open your eyes to it. It's all right there in front of you. And 
it's, you know, again, it goes to ego, right? In the sense that, you know, a lot of us have these ideas, right? We've all, we've all sat with that friend or colleague at a coffee, at a cocktail party, at a game, you know, whatever the venue is. And it's like, I've got this amazing idea, right? Right. What if, right? And, and when I get in that conversation, there, there was this movie in the eighties with Henry Winkler called night, uh, night shift. And, you know, at one point there was, you know, one of the characters and it says, I've got, he, he used to walk around with a tape recorder, <laughs> right? And, and he would, you know, one of it, and he was, had all these ideas. He just had ideas all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so one of the things he says is that amazing idea, feed tuna mayo. So you would have immediate, right, tuna sandwiches. And, you know, and, and so we've all had that moment where we're yeah. sitting there and, uh, and, and somebody's got that great idea. Where's the data? Like, wh- what are you basing this on? Right? Yeah. Is it gut yeah. instinct? And sometimes, you know, people say, well, my gut's telling me, well, that's, well, A, that's a bias, number right. one. Right. B, that's okay. You know, um, you know, it, there's, there's some practiced element of you that as a professional knows or can kind of get an inkling to a direction, but go back it up with the data because the data is going to tell you the reality of it, not, you know, in the sense of what's my, you know, what's my TAM? What's my SAM? You know, yeah, what am I looking yeah. at in terms of how long is it going to take me? You know, this may be a brilliant idea, but my development cycle is going to take me like three and a half years to get it to market. And by then, yeah. you know, there's seven iterations of change in consumer demand. So, yeah. you know, look at the data, really understand. And sometimes you're just going to have to put that ego aside and that, and that just that drive and that want. And you're just going to have to put it on a shelf and say, oh, it would have been so cool if we could have done it. But the reality is, if you had gone down that road, it would have just been totally yeah. unsuccessful. And do you want to take the hit professionally? Do you right. want to take the hit as a company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the is that the hill you want, you're going to die on or whatever? Yeah, it's a terrible you know analogy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So much. what what about changes over time? I mean, you know, we're I've definitely worked with a lot of organizations on, you know, agile type processes and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm also not what I would call uh, dogmatically agile in that, you know, I think there's lots of ways to make things work, not just one. But how do you approach the the fact that obviously things are con- constantly changing, but we can't pivot every day or else then, you know, we're going to not only drive our employees crazy, but our customers and 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 all of that. But how do you think about change over time and, and addressing those, you know, even if you have the right strategy and even if the numbers are, are seem to be pointing in the right direction, like what, what are your thoughts on just iteration and, and, and making sure that you are course correcting? Yeah. Great question. The, the, the fundamental that I think that most people are still adjusting to is that you are not, we are, you are in a perpetual state of transformation. Yeah. And it, the days where, okay, I'm going to, I don't know, pick something simple. I'm going to set up a CRM and I'm going to connect that CRM to my website and we're going to, you know, produce all this content and then we're going to run lead gen. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, that was great for a moment in time. And that moment in time is gone. Yeah. And so now what are you going to do to pivot? And to your point, you can't be continuously pivoting because the, the thing that we're seeing really in the marketplace quite a bit, right, is that 
employees are struggling to engage with the purpose of the company. Yep. And the reason that that's happening is that either the purpose is so sunk into dogmatic thinking or it's changing so constantly. People want, professionals want, human beings want accomplishment. They want to see something through. And if you keep putting them into positions where either they are failing all the time or never completing all the time, you know, after two, three, four efforts of that, they just start to get apathetic around it. And then they start to connect back to it's like, I'm not getting anywhere. So there is that cost to your team, to your company, because, you know, there sometimes management gets a little blind. It's like, well, I'm just going to keep telling the troops, we're going to go here now, and then we're going to go here now. And your folks are going to be like, yeah, I've heard this before. I'm disconnecting. I'm just going to go back to what I was doing. Yeah. And so that's a fundamental challenge, a fun, you know, fundamental problem in the process to begin with. And so on the pivoting side, you have to more look at it as leapfrogging, right? So how many, how many people or how many iterations do you want to leapfrog over? And, and the more you delay on the iteration, right, to the agile point, then you know, it gets riskier and it gets harder, right? You know, so you know, it's like if you think of leapfrogging over a friend, right? Okay, one is good, two, tough, three, holy right. smokes, how are you going right. to do that, right? So it's it's really balancing that out and then also taking a look at it and saying, look, are we at, you know, are we, are, are we at end of life on a product or a market or an offering? Because we just can't, you know, the leapfrog or the work to catch up to the market pivot is so substantial that it, the timing just doesn't work anymore. And the cost and the sunken cost in that is no longer viable. And so if I took that same time and money and I put it into something else, what could I do there? Yeah. And so that's, again, it goes back to the data, right? You know, uh, you know, just to kind of throw in another kind of concept is that, you know, when you talk about social media applications, there's always just this constant commentary on social media today. And the challenge that that presents is that people look at it for the face of it, right? In the sense that it's like, I'm unique. I'm putting myself out there. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm doing my thing and I'm talking about my, my truth and, you know, whatever that may be. Those platforms are designed for one reason and one reason only. They are data collectors. Yeah. They are yeah. data collectors on your behavior in real time that then is turned around and provided to companies that buy it to tune in their marketing to sell you products, either on that same platform or through some other avenue. Yeah. And, you know, the listener may be going, you know, oh my gosh, that's such a violation. It's like, no, this is just the world we live in. Right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know, people have been measuring this stuff for a thousand years. I mean, everybody pays attention to behavior. Yeah. And behavior is really what dictates a lot of, you know, a lot of marketing and a lot of product development. Right? It's like, why are you going to produce something nobody wants to buy? And we have a lot of marketers listening to the show, so they're used to this stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I, I'm always I'm always just I'm always amazed at the and I hate to say it this way, but I, I'm always amazed at the level of naivete around what those things are. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> right. It's like it's like, yeah, it's entertaining. And you're sharing a lot of your behavioral stuff, right? right and right. so then I'm going to push it into the next space. You know, this is where we're kind of moving into is what happens in the metaverse, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now, you know, the thing is that a lot of 
a lot of our data is out of our control. We do not own it on an active basis. Now, what happens when you push it into a metaverse where you're in a in a augmented reality situation or virtual reality situation? How do you know that the person you're doing business with, having a therapy appointment with, is the is right. who they are? Right. <laughs> right. And what are they doing with your personal health information and what are they doing with your financial information? So you know, again, it's, it's, I think that we really, you know, going back to the central theme is that you have to really look at the data. The data is going to give you the insight a little bit more grounding. It's not the oracle of truth. It is simply the grounding that gives you a better position to what strategy to pick, which is your original question, right? What direction do I go in? You have to look at the information that's telling you, this is what people are buying, or this is where they want to go. Or, this is how they want to interact. And you have to make those decisions based on that, not momentary ideas and a coffee shop or you know what your gut is telling you yeah yeah well one one last question before we wrap up here uh you've given a lot of great advice already but what's one piece of advice for let's say for that leader that they know there's a gap between strategy and execution not sure where Mm -hmm. to start what what do you recommend Mm -hmm. what i really recommend is take the the you know, in our case, we developed a, a machine learning model that, in essence, takes what consultants used to do in, you know, one to two months and does it in five days. Right? Mm-hmm. So we compressed the timeline so you could get insight to action much quicker in terms of what corrective process you want to do. Take that time. Like, you know, use our product. Great. If you don't want to, you, know, you just want to do it internally, develop your own thing. But take the time to understand, is your organization optimally aligned to deliver on the idea or are you just going to be pushing you know a ham sandwich through a straw right you know <laughs> i mean it, it <laughs> you know it, at the end of the day it's the future of your company number one uh, from a revenue side but it's also yeah. from the perception side of how are others going to perceive the ability of your company to keep up right yeah. and number two it's your career you know to be very blunt about it you know it's there is a pile of professional bodies somewhere of people who have tried and not, and they get yeah. kind of discarded and then Pez dispenser opens up and says, okay, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great. Well, Alex, thanks so much for joining the show. For those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? I publish a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, Continuum. Uh, my book, Measure, Execute, Win, is on uh, Amazon and Audible and other booksellers if you're interested in a book. But LinkedIn is typically the best way to kind of see what what's what and what I'm up to. And and yeah, look for some really cool stuff coming out in 23 because we're 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 really going to be pushing that sort of metaverse data message quite a bit. Great, great. Well again, I'd like to thank Alex Castro, best-selling author, creator and founder of Remscore and CEO of MCorp for joining the show. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. 
From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. Listen up! I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win.